Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of the Musafir. Today, we will be talking about the never ending battle between culture and religion that takes place in many households, whether we realize it or not. We as Muslims are very proud members of the community of Rasulullah, and we strive to follow him in any and every way that we can, or at least we claim to. However, there is so much confusion that we are all victims of. These confusions arise often from a lack of knowledge and false confidence that gets carried forward by generations, generation after generation, until it becomes a habit. And there are people who often allow cultural norms and traditions to dictate different aspects of their lives. And unfortunately, this can be more detrimental than beneficial sometimes. This is most definitely not the case with everybody, but it is prevalent enough to cause notice. There are a variety of different situations that might sound familiar to you. An example of this is when people don't get happy or rejoice when someone becomes a father to a baby girl, when they get a daughter, because they view it as a burden rather than a blessing. Now conversely, when a boy is born, people will celebrate and be over the moon at the arrival of their golden child. People, even those who consider themselves to be religious, conveniently seem to forget that our master, our beloved, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah, he was a father to daughters. He had no sons that lived past infancy, and he was the best father to the best of daughters. May Allah be pleased with them all. The greatest irony is that Rasulullah said that caring for your daughters is a shield for you from the fire on the Day of Judgment. Yet people fail to act in accordance with this. And they let culture dictate the fact that everybody wants a son. Everybody wants a son. And when they get that baby boy, everybody's really happy. But when they get a daughter, people aren't as thrilled. And they should be because they are a blessing. And that's what Rasulullah taught us. I've even heard of people people who often give religious advice and they're often seen with tasbihs and masbahas, rosary beads in their hands and they're doing dhikr and they're always giving advice. But then those same people, when they see a boy with a beard and a trimmed mustache, they suddenly tell them that they should be clean-shaven or they looked unkempt and this, is, this makes them look extreme. Sometimes when they see a girl who observes and wears the hijab, they may say that she's too uptight or it's kind of odd and they get taken aback. In parts of the Muslim world, people actually do get taken aback when they see such things. And that's really, that's, this is a really unfortunate reality. This isn't the case for everybody, but unfortunately it does happen sometimes. And that's because we allow culture to dilute our thoughts. And we're selective about when we're religious and when we're not religious. Another example is when people... They don't take the nikah of a couple seriously. They consider it to be more of an informal engagement rather than the official marriage contract that it is. They have a famous phrase that some of you might recognize known as log kya kahenge, which translates to what will people say? They're so concerned about what others will say that they start to meddle with the reality of what the religion dictates. They may go as far as saying that it is haram for a couple to meet each other 
until all the customs and events of the marriage are complete. Certain things like Rukhsati se pehle, it's haram. And these things are not true. This is a fatwa that holds no basis in the context of Islamic law. From a shar'i perspective, we have the nikah and we have the walima. And anything in between those two or before those two or after those two is cultural, completely cultural. Now, of course, I will add the caveat that there are legal rulings in sharia about what the rights are of the wife and what the rights are of the husband. And those change depending on whether or not the couple has been intimate with one another. And that may contribute to the hesitation people have relating to this matter. But it isn't as deep as people have made it. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the nikah, the nikah contract does officially bind a man and woman together in this beautiful bond of marriage in, in the context of Islam. So these are just a few examples uh, that come to my mind. And I believe that these things, along with other things that are similar, could be changed with just a little bit of education on our religion. So briefly, I want to speak a little bit about my own frame of mind. I believe that the best way to carry ourselves in life is to follow our history. In everything in life. There have been many times where I approach situations without any guidance. And I, and I kind of did what I thought I should do in the spur of the moment. And it usually did not end in the most favorable of ways. However, if I take any situation in my life, and I really mean it, any situation we can find a similar example from our history, from the lives of the righteous people, that will provide answers for us in what we need to do to be successful. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not someone who's against culture. In fact, if anyone is against the concept of embracing culture, I would strongly urge you to find a more balanced approach. Now, I grew up in the, in the, in the Middle East, in the Arabian Peninsula, so I'm quite fond of Arabic culture. I have a lot of Arab friends, and that's the culture that I grew up around, so I'm very, very fond of it. I'm originally from the subcontinent, and I love that culture very much. Culture is a beautiful thing that adds flavor in our lives. Now, contrary to popular belief, religion, namely Islam, did not come to erase culture. Rather, it came to refine it to purify it. And just like with everything else in life, Islam teaches us what is good and what we should leave behind. And it does the same with culture. So a good rule of thumb would be to continue enjoying the culture that you love. But where it contradicts Islam, we should drop it without any regrets. We are Muslims first before anything else. So let's not go to extremes. One extreme of people will completely prioritize culture. In fact, try to confuse culture with certain religious things and make it, make it what it's not. And then the other extreme will be very anti-culture and say, hey, I have nothing to do with the culture. I don't want anything to do with it. And they will live a boring and dry life. And that is not what Islam tells us to do. We can enjoy our cultures where it doesn't contradict the religion. But where it does, religion always comes first. So that's just my little rant for the day. And I apologize in advance to anybody who felt like this session was um, not as beneficial as the others. 
السلام عليكم